Episode 217 of the Hob Nation USA podcast, and we're here live, as you can tell from the background noise, at the North Hills Home Brew Fest here at the Syria Shrine Pavilion, and we're joined by Chris, who is the head brewer of Penn Brewery. Now, you may be wondering, why is that important? Well, because the winner of the North Hills Home Brew Fest actually gets their beer brewed on a large-scale level by Penn Brewery. So, kind of a dope thing. It is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. He is the guy that has to take the five-gallon batches and turn it into a five-barrel batch. All right. <laughs> or however big it is, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but you're the one that gets to work that magic. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you already heard my co-host Adam, and I'm Steve. Yeah. We're all here. We kind of <laughs> forgot to do that part, didn't we? Yeah, it's whatever. Hey, we're here. We're pouring beers. There's a lot going on. There's a lot Sorry. of... It's a lot of excitement in the air. <laughs> they welcomed us back into society. Yeah, right. We we're, get to do things again. We're around more than three people at a time. So <laughs> it's amazing. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah. Uh, with that, though, uh, we got some beers from the home brewers that yeah. are here. And it's not ours. Right. It, well, none of them are ours. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's go around the table, and everybody can just kind of introduce the beer that they're drinking and what, they're, uh, what they like about it. Uh, actually, I uh, picked up a Shorts beer. I'm not exactly sure which brewery it was from, but it's a really clean beer. Um, it's got a nice chocolate notes on it, uh, nice roastiness. It's really clean, really crisp lager. Right on. Nice, nice. Uh, for myself, I picked up uh, what's called the Happy Jalapeno. Uh, it's a jalapeno beer. Oh. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> News flash on that one. Uh, this comes from Steelbridge, a couple of gentlemen from uh, up eh, Cranberry Mars area. Uh, they're a couple of tables down from us, a uh, couple of good blokes. Uh, it's good beer. I like it. It's a good summer drinker. I mean, it's a hot day today. Yeah. So this is a good hot day beer because, number one, it's spicy boy summer. Yeah. So you have to have yourself a spicy beer. But what's nice about this is there's a little bit of spice, but you get more of the jalapeno flavor than right. the spice. Right. So if you're into the jalapeno flavor rather than just sort of a, uh, you know, a heat bomb, mm-hmm. a hot day like this, yeah, this is a good beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had uh, from our friend Adam Bashline. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the last episode, you'll know that he has a smoked poblano beer yes. here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that also has a lot of good pepper flavor on it. It's really like... Y- y- really like vegetal yes. on it yes. and we've we've talked before about how like green peppers don't necessarily work in darker beers mm-hmm. but this isn't a darker beer it's a pretty bright ale so right. it works really well together but uh, that's not the beer I'm drinking currently oh. the beer I'm drinking currently is from our friend Tom Wagner who you know touts himself as Wrenchworks Brewing but uh, he has a Key Lime Pie New England IPA I like most of those words. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> it works. Um, honestly, Adam, you're not a huge fan of IPAs. I am But not. this would probably go pretty good for you because it's a lot more tropical fruit notes. Okay. Than it is, you know, hop bitterness. 
again, it's a New England IPA, not a West Coast. So this this is more in line with, say, a, a hole punch series from Hitchhiker. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah. And it also has, like, the tartness that you like in sours. All so. right. Well, Tom, I'm coming to drink your beer. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, good beers all around so far at the event. Yes. Uh, exciting things going on. But we wanted to talk to Chris because, of course, like we already mentioned, the grand prize is brewing at Penn Brewery. Mm -hmm. And also, why would we pass up the opportunity to talk to somebody from one of the biggest breweries in Pittsburgh area? One of the biggest, (laughs) the oldest, the OGs. Yeah. (laughs) For the great Oktoberfest. Uh, We might get into that a little bit. Yes. uh, We have our milk jugs at the ready. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. Good, good, good. But uh, part of this, Chris, is you're part of the judging. Yes. So we wanted to ask kind of like, what are you looking for in beers uh, at this event? And what do you look for in beers in general? Uh, me personally, I just look for a nice, uh, well, right at the start, well-rounded beer. You know, you want something that's nice, not too malty, not too hoppy, right in that middle range. just perfect, easy drinking. And also you want to make sure that there's nothing, like no off flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's definitely, um, you learn as you go. You know, all flavors are going to happen whenever you're a home brewer and all that stuff. And you're just going to learn. And that that's a that's one of the fun experiences of the working in a brewery is you learn what's, you know, what things might do or what this might not do. And, you know, that's what I was mainly looking for was good, clean, crisp beers. And there were quite a few of them out there. Awesome. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, I mean... Can you give us a, the, the episode isn't going to air till Friday, so can you give us an inside track on some of the beers that stuck out to you so far? Oh man! Uh, <laughs> so there was um, there was I, I don't know the, the actual names of them because mm-hmm. I just didn't have them. But one of the a few of the loggers really stuck stuck out. Nice, clean, crisp loggers. Um, there was a smoked beer with that little bit of that like jalapeno kind of like peppery kind of taste to it. Mm-hmm. That one really stuck out. Really good. That was a really good one. Um, so those were the ones that I really liked. So when you take uh, these beers from their homebrew, mo- pr- most people have brewed either five or ten gallons. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take them onto the professional system, you know what does that process involve, and how do you upscale like both malt, but also like if it comes with some sort of additive like the pepper, like you're saying, how do you upscale that properly? Uh, so. The first thing I'd probably do is just ask them what, what's their ingredient bill, what's their malt bill, what, how much you know, it's you know five gallons, you know this, and then you know nowadays there's a lot of like apps you can use online or you're on your computer it can actually convert that five gallon up to you know the three barrel that we're going to do at Penn Brewery. So yeah, I'll ask the percentage of hops that they're using or the what IBUs that they're going to get, what percentage of malt that they're going to use, and then I can enter that on there and it'll convert it for me up to the upscale. Now, if you're really good, yeah, there's mathematical equations and all that <laughs> stuff. If you want the Siebel's and everything, I'm sure you can get the get all that information. But we'll just use, you know, we'll just upscale it with what I get off the computers and all that stuff. Okay, cool, cool, right cool. On. And uh, this the the winning beer, it'll be uh, just on tap, I assume, like at the yeah, yep, it'll be on tap. I believe at our um, uh, venue location over at Northside. And then also, I believe I just heard actually. I didn't know it'll be at the airport too. Oh, oh shit! Awesome. Yeah. that's really cool. That's that really, cool really cool for somebody. That like, is pretty awesome. You, as a home brewer, you go from you know your small kind of exposure that you get from these events mm-hmm. to somebody flying in, right? And might just pick your beer up. I'll, I'll admit, I, if I won, uh, 
the beers that are here, I know I'm not going to, but if I won, <laughs> I would book myself a flight somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'll go to Cleveland. That's I don't you, care. That's how you celebrate your prize. <laughs> right, exactly. I'll, you know, I'll fl- fly to Louisville or Cincinnati just to, go, just to sure. hang out at the bar there. Sure. Nothing, qu- nothing quite like an airport beer. But you're right. It's nothing quite like an airport beer that's your own beer. <laughs> and if you can do that at 6.30 in the morning, all the better. Yes. All the better. <laughs> Have you done that yet, Chris? Have you had Penn Brewery at the airport on your oh, way Oh, yeah. Oh, many, <laughs> many times. Many times. Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good to have a few beers before you go on that airport. That's right. That's right. It calms the nerves. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> nice. So speaking of beers and, and, and drinking on, on a personal level, mm-hmm. what kind of beers do you prefer to drink? What do you kind of tend towards? Do you go towards the malt? Do you go towards the hop? If it's you standing at a giant cooler full of beer, what do you tend towards? <laughs> Um, me personally, I like I like a lager. I like a clean, crisp lager, a nice malty lager, not too hoppy. I mean, we have something called Kaiser Pills. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like on the mid scale of hoppy. Maybe it's around like 40 IBUs, so it's kind of like an entry level hoppiness, but it's more on the malty side, sweeter side, and a little bit of hoppiness. I like that kind of style. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Obviously, we're at a homebrew event, and we're talking homebrews, but can you tell us about your homebrew experience? How did you get started? What were your first beers? What were your worst beers? <laughs> so as crazy as it sounds, I actually never homebrewed. Okay. Really? I kinda, I Yeah, I kind of started working at Penn Brewery back in 2008, so I've been there almost, what, 13 years coming up now? Yeah. And I just started working in a bottle shop, and... I learned to run the bottling machine, do the kegging, uh, started eventually doing like all the shipping and receiving, did uh, cellar work for a few years, and I just fell in love with the process, and then I wanted to learn how to brew the beer. Oh, okay. So then a brewing position opened up, and I started learning how to brew the beer, and, and I just learned everything after a few years, and then the head brewer position opened up, and I'm still learning. You know, brewing is nonstop learning. Right, right. There is, it's, and that's that's where I've became, you know, the head brewer and just learned and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's something that, that we found out at, at this homebrew event and other homebrew events mm-hmm. is all the brewers say they are all still learning. Everybody is picking up something new, something different. Talking with you know different homebrewers and stuff like that. There's always that different tweak or twist or something like that. So it, it's good to hear from me as a as a homebrewer. And a, a rank amateur home brewer, I will add, uh, that even the professionals are still learning. They're still, you know, perfecting their craft. That's excellent to hear. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the market's always changing, and we're always seeing new things come out. I'm sure if, exactly. if, if Penn brewed some of those goofy-ass uh, fucking full of banana chunks and fruit <laughs> chunk fucking beers, you know, they somebody would have to learn how to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yep. I don't think that's on the docket for you guys, I'm guessing. No. But do you, ha- uh, do you have anything coming up that people should be aware of? I mean, and you can get into the Oktoberfest um, event. Right now, so uh, we, we actually have a, a rye beer, which is called a Rogan beer. I believe it's called in mm-hmm. German, so it means rye, ger- rye beer in German. Uh, we're just brewing one of those on, like, a three-barrel system. And also, um, we're brewing a California Common. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Those are decidedly... Uncommon. Uh, uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah, they are uncommon. And, and for those who aren't aware, it's very similar to what Anchor Steam beer is. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that, uh, it's an interesting thing. We did an episode not too long ago with um, Mondays Brewing, and they had a Kentucky Common. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's nice to see a lot of resurgence of old styles mm-hmm. coming around. And mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that's cool. So one one thing I wanted to ask is with the advent of 
you know, some new styles that you're looking into. Uh, when you brew a new style, do you have any sort of pilot system that you use, or do you go whole hog and hope for the best with the with the full blown system? How do you step into a a new beer style that you're not necessarily used to? So you, yeah, you are correct. If let's say we were to try a new style or mm-hmm. something like that on our big system, the smallest we can get is about let's say 50 half, 50 half barrels. Okay. But on our pilot system, yeah, we do have a pilot system. So the one of the smaller barrels on the pilot system is a three barrel, and then we have a ten barrel. So we'll start that process. We'll uh, get get together, have an idea, look at the malt bill, look at the you know hot bill and all that stuff, and then we'll throw it in the three barrel. See how it comes out. If it comes out good, we'll go up to the ten barrel. If we need to tweak something, maybe we'll go to the ten barrel, but maybe we'll keep it on the three barrel and keep on tweaking it and tweaking it. And we'll go up to that ten barrel. Eventually, whenever it reaches the ten barrel, we'll go to the full blown big system, and we'll go full production on that style. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's it kind of cool to hear about like that 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 stepped process mm-hmm. of like oh hey we got it here now it works in the tap room now it really really works in the tap room oh we got to put it in fucking bottles now, now. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. so can you tell me what the last one was that went through that process and went from pilot up to full blown production oh, boy I, and I believe it was our session IPA actually which okay. is a refreshing session oh right on yeah that one went from the three barrel up to the ten barrel and the full system and then bottled and everything its own label and own packaging. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So, nice. is there is there one that you're looking to get onto the pilot system now? The one you'd be kind of itching to dig, uh, dig, dig your teeth into? Not really. No, we're kind of just kind of sitting idle right now. We're just kind of making. We're just churning over that small batch, making sure mm. that whatever we have in that small batch is getting to the tap room at least. And then maybe something sticks, and then we'll just go for it. Awesome. We're kind of working on things. Awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that's very popular in Pittsburgh is the Oktoberfest event yes. at Pembury. Uh, go ahead and just tell us about, uh, tell tell the people about that. But yeah, I mean, We already know about it. We, know, <laughs> we know about it, but uh, I do have a question. Can we expect the return of the milk jugs? Oh, yes. Sir. Yes, definitely. Oh, the milk jugs are in order. They're coming. Nice. <laughs> they will be there. <laughs> yes. So for anybody who doesn't know, Oktoberfest is a pretty big event at Penn. They have food. Uh, like, they always have food. It's always pretty traditional German style mm-hmm. food with sausages and kraut and everything. Yep. Uh, but when you do Oktoberfest at Penn Brewery, they don't give you a glass. They give you a nice plastic half gallon jug yes. of whatever you're looking <laughs> to put down. So uh, can you tell us what's going to be there? You have the Oktoberfest, obviously. Oh, uh, we'll have the Oktoberfest. We'll have our Penn Dark, uh, our Dunkel. We'll have our uh, Penn Gold, which is our Hellas Lager. We'll nice. have Kaiser there. We'll have uh, probably Penn Weizen, which is our wheat beer. Uh, we'll have all the main beers that are like on our main, you know, main year seasonals or all year round. We'll probably our seasonal too. We'll have like a uh, what's our really October festival, which is our seasonal, mm-hmm. and that'd be about it. I don't think we're going to have any small batches really on during that time. Okay, just because we don't want the main, you know, the main beers to be on. Yeah, but you know, who knows? There might be something on. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe a surprise. Yeah. And and when does it occur? Is it just one weekend or is it a couple weekends? It's two this year? weekends. So the first week. So it's usually the last two weekends of September, actually. So the first weekend. Yeah. The first one is what this, the, seventeenth and the eighteenth, and then the second weekend is the twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Cool. In September. Yeah. Yep. Get, awesome. Get your tickets. Hell yeah. <laughs> show up early. Show up often. <laughs> get your dunkle. I love I love a milk jug dunkle. Who doesn't? I don't know. It's just my thing. No, I, know, I get it. I know, but it's just like a lot of people go in, they get the Oktoberfest, but I go in sp- strictly for Dunkel. That's mine. <laughs> I mean, you can have both. They'll sell you both. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, I, 
another question. You are a man of the people. You are a beer drinker of the mm-hmm. people. If you couldn't drink your own beer here in Pittsburgh, what other breweries do you usually go after? Oh, boy. That's I'm putting question. you on the spot. <laughs> this is on the spot. I really don't have an answer for that. Uh, uh, you can make it up if you want to. <laughs> yeah, roundabout. Yeah, they have good. They, they have they have good, really good beers there. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, roundabout is one of those breweries where they're always there, but I can never get to them. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they, and this is a me problem, not a their problem. Uh, they got bridges and tunnels in the way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, they, yeah. They they also just don't have the distribution. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I used to drink at roundabout. A good bit, way yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Like, I've been there for my birthday. <laughs> I, and I've been there for your birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have good beers. It's just one of those, again, travel for us. Yes. You know, we, we don't always get down into the city. But when they can get out of the city, we like we like Hop Farm. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're so happy to get some Hop Farm distro yes. into our area. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that they are able to either... Uh, Either get some distro going or open a second tap room like a mile from my house. Yeah, we'll hint, see. Hint, hint. <laughs> we'll see. Come on down. We got plenty of room out my way. <laughs> um, what is, so we were talking a little bit about uh, loggers and things like that. It, it is the new mm-hmm. craze. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see that continuing on, uh, or do you think people are going to move on to something else? Is it a whole? Are we starting the cycle again? To where we go, loggers, and then back to IPAs, and then back to crazy ass, goofy marshmallow <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm hoping it keeps the loggers. You know, I, I, I love loggers, but who knows? I mean, the trend can change any second. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's gonna maybe keep on a little bit, keep on loggers for a little bit. I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah, I, I feel like it's gonna keep. And as an aside, crazy ass marshmallow shit. Great band name. Yeah. <laughs> at least at least an album name. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need to make that happen. Apparently. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I mean, I think we, we got as much as we could out of you, Chris. I, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to promote or talk about? Do you have a social media that you want to direct um, people towards? Any questions good. back to us? <laughs> no, just thank you for having us. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad we can... Uh, have the winner of the VIP, you know, brew a pen brewery. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. And, so, yeah, I can't wait to brew with them, whoever it is. So when that when that happens, when should we, the, the consumer, expect to see that beer on tap? Oh, boy, I, I don't have a good answer for that. It's going to be whenever, you know, we're, we're busy right now because of Oktoberfest coming mm-hmm. up. You know, we have St. Nick coming around the corner of our box, so we're brewing that nonstop. So... Maybe a January? Yeah, probably around okay. there. So yeah. you heard it here first, January 16th, 2022. <laughs> there you go. 3 p.m. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. Uh-huh. Put a real pin in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's real easy to take back out. <laughs> but, yeah. And then also check out SeriousShriners.org. I'm sure they'll have the winner yes. of the actual beer. We don't know who the winner is at this moment, but no. I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll announce who it is. But, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, Chris. Uh, Thanks for for talking beer with us and, you know, telling us all the things going on at Penn Brewery. And Mm -hmm. uh, check out the Penn Brewery IPA. I know I said a lot about the Dunkel, but I also like the IPA. It's super fresh and clean. I'm a Penn Weizen guy. What can I say? I'm a Penn Weizen guy. It's good beer. That's what (laughs) I do. So, yep, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Chris, we'll be off mic, and we're going to talk beers a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) That way we can start talking names and stuff like that people don't need to hear about. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we will be right back. 
First Sip Brew Box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at FirstSipBrewBox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at FirstSipBrewBox.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is still coming to you live from the North Hills Homebrew Fest. It's Adam. I'm here. But Steve isn't here. He's gone off the wheels. He's doing, I don't know, he's actually just over pouring beer right over next to us. But I am happy to have a new co-host coming in. It's me. It's Kelsey. Kelsey is here. I am. Thank you for coming and rescuing me. You're so welcome. It looked like you needed it after segment one. <laughs> but yes, uh, it is Kelsey and I for segment two. So we are here. We are going to drink beer. Who would have thought? Oh my gosh, we're going to have beer at a homebrew festival? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Who knew? And since we're here drinking beer, we figured we might as well bring some homebrews on and talk to the people that brewed them. Yes. The creators, the generators, the ones that are making things happen. So we have two brewers here. We have Dave. Dave, say hello to all the people. Hi, how are you? And we have Jim. What's up? And Jim is from Doortop Brewing. And Dave comes from Tatmore Brewing. Correct. Ooh. So I'll start with you, Dave. Dave, where are you from? Uh, what did you bring? Uh, is this your first time here? Give us a little bit of a rundown yes, of, is, of your brewing operation uh, and things like that. My, mine and my partner, Dan Moore, my last name's Tappy, his last name's Moore. Perfect. Two together, it's Tapmore Brewing. Perfect. And, here for that. Um, we've only been brewing about a year or so, and we have a garage in Dormont that we've totally transformed into a, a brewery. Oh, fantastic. Um, there's not even a garage door. It's actually a man door on it. So <laughs> we go in. It's like our, it's like our clubhouse. And um, started just as something that we were talking about doing as a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, so this is our first competition ever. So we, ever. We didn't know what to expect. Nice. That's uh, nice. We've had a lot of friends tell us, oh, your stuff's good, but you can't go by what your friends say. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. We wanted to bring it out. And I, I would love for someone to tell me, like, yes, really good or no, guess what? This is disgusting. Like, well, now, honesty is the best policy, right? We have two neutral palettes for you to yes. try your, I, I to really, try three yeah. neutral palettes. Yes. Sorry, right. Jim, I didn't mean to exclude you. I'd love everyone to be as honest as to possible. To try your stuff, and, you know, so. Because like, we're the new guys, you know what I mean? We haven't been doing it that long. So. Sure. So let's uh, let's get into the, the beer. Uh, what yeah. beer did you bring on the show? Uh, what are we drinking? Uh, what's so, the story behind it? This is a rye PA, and we got all the grains local up in Butler PA from CNC Malt. Ah, uh, yes. I throw a name out there. Uh, but, uh, CNC, they're friends oh, of the yeah. show as yeah, well. If, if yeah. everybody if everybody knows who they are, great guy. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, local rye PA. It's about five point one percent. We do all grain also. We okay. don't do extract. It's all grain. Uh, this is just a regular, typical IPA with uh, Nelson Savon hops, which is a little bit more. Yeah. It's a little more bitter for even my flavor, but you know, Dan, my buddy Dan likes it bitter. This is made from cocoa wheat cereal. Okay. Which, which one is? Is this a new one? This is this is 7.7 percent. Okay. Cocoa wheat cereal with a little bit of uh, a little bit of barley in it, flaked barley, and then we use fresh blueberries. Okay. Okay. So it's like a chocolate blueberry wheat. Ah, all right. Percent beer, yeah. Okay. All right. And this just kind of came about almost as a joke. Like, <laughs> can we brew with cocoa wheat? Because we've only been doing it a year, so we're like, is it possible? So 
and it, I think it turned out. I think that one turned out pretty good. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, let's pour them up and uh, yeah. let's let's take a look. Yeah. All right. So first on the list, we're going to try the Rye PA. Uh, that's Rye IPA for those not in the know. Uh, what uh, what was the name of this one again? We called it Rye Baby. Rye Baby. <laughs> Rye I like Baby. It. I love I like it. Like it. It's only like 5.1%, so it's pretty drinkable. It's a nice summertime kind of, you know, for us, I guess. Mm -hmm. So on the nose, it, yeah, it's definitely got a good bright uh, nose to it. Mm -hmm. uh, it. I mean, it smells like an IPA. It does. Yeah. But it smells refreshing. It does. It does. Cool. I uh, I like where this is going. Yes, as do I. Right. Yeah, it's nice. It has that nice rye bite to it. Yeah. It's good. That's what we kind of liked about it. It had a little bit more of like a, like a kickback with the rye. Yep. So. Oh, my. Ooh, there oh, there it is. Yeah. Yep. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. hate it. When Adam oh. says he hates it, he means he really likes it. I'm, yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, because yeah, like I said, I, if you did hate it, I would really want you to say like, whoa, the same for me. Yeah. Because we could always go back to the scrapbook and, and you know. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am 100% not an IPA drinker. Okay. I hate IPAs. Okay. So for me, hating it, that's a good thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it means good. that it's like, a tr it, it lives in that IPA family enough where Adam's like, nah. Yeah, right. No. Exactly. Right. And, I and I, this definitely goes down the path of a West Coasty. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it's got that coating, doesn't it? Yeah, it sticks it around. It yeah. does, but I don't hate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah oh. I like in an IPA whenever uh, it's not so hop, you know, saturated with hops that you can actually taste some of the grain character, right. which That's mm -hmm. what I like is, is nice. We try and keep the, the hops down to, I mean, not a minimum, but like we do usually five gallon brews, between five and ten gallon brews at a time, depending on what we're going mm -hmm. for. Most of the time for a five gallon brew, it's like, Four to six ounces of hops total. Right on. I mean, it's not a whole it's lot. good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. depending on what yeah. we're brewing. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, just out of curiosity, uh, not that the number matters, but uh, do you know what the IBUs on this one I was? I don't know what the IBUs are. We're not, I mean, we have like the hydrometer to test that. Gotcha. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yet. I like that you said yet, though, because. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're, moving for, we're moving forward. Yeah, we're good. starting to look for now like commercial property. Oh, yeah? We'd like to move into a building and make it a Excellent. little more a full time job, but. At the moment, it's just you know we're still we're still learning too. Mm -hmm. so. so you said you that know. you're in Dormont, right? Yes. So how close will you be to Back Alley Brewing once they open? So Back Alley Brewing is opening up right on like West Liberty. Mm -hmm. They're about three blocks away from where we're. Okay. At. Oh, so, okay. All right. Like, a little. We weren't technically looking to stay in Dormont because we don't really. I mean, we want to compete, but we don't want to like move in next to another brewery. Right. Mm -hmm. there, so. Right. Yeah. All right. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> You're just asking for yourself so that you can give yourself a real quick brewery tour. You know I am asking for myself. I live in the South Hills, so I live in well, Bethel Park. I live so. In Beachview, so Okay, so yeah. He lives in Dormont, so we brew at his house. And right. So I'm always looking for... Like, well, you can always come and hang out at the garage wall. So. <laughs> All right, then. I will take you up we, on we that. Usually, yep. We usually have like, you know, a Friday night party where we're drinking our own beer. And Sold. Over. And we're, we, we're both musicians. We both play music. So, nice. Uh, you know, it's a lot of music and a lot of drinking beer, a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Can't go wrong. I'm, yeah, right? I'm com coming over. <laughs> Good. Come on. And, and our wives are on board with what we're doing, which is even yes. better. Perfect. Yes. You, know, you start to that's, get your 40s. That's the way. It is. It's like, is this a midlife crisis? Like, <laughs> it might be, on? but as long as we're going to be okay, yep. buy some more equipment and more yeah. rings and more this, then we're good. So. Yeah. I'm so here for awesome. it. Good. All so, right. So on this beer, it's called the Rye Baby. Is there any uh, any story behind the name itself, no, just, or it's just a good name? Yeah, using mostly all rye as the grain. Okay. You know, 
I was trying to think of some kind of pun. It makes sense. Yeah, cry baby, cry baby. I like yeah, it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, something to catch your attention. Nice. I'm here for it. All right. So, I'll admit, I need a palate cleanser. This is a personal problem. This is a me problem. I don't need a palate cleanser because I'm going to finish this right now. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. But, uh, oh, yeah, mine's been gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you'll, you'll find that uh, as you're on the show more and more, that becomes a problem of whenever you find a good beer, it goes by way too quick. Yeah. Way too yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I need a palate cleanser. Let's get let's get into this uh, th- this blueberry. What was it? Choco wheat. Cocoa wheat. Cocoa wheat. Okay. From the '80s, that well, my mom used to buy it all the time. And like I said jokingly, I said, I wonder if we can actually brew with this because it is a wheat. You know, it's it's like an oatmeal. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different than anything I've ever tasted. But uh, it's it's weird. Yeah, that's cool. I like that it. Is. It's uh, it's 7.7%, so it's a tough Dang. Taste. It, it doesn't taste like it. No, it does no. not. No, it no, does not. No, I think not. it's in the five range. That's mm-hmm. nice. It's, it's almost 8%, so it's, it's deceivingly, you know, for me, I can only drink like one or two. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. No, I'm an IPA guy, but mm-hmm. like by heart, so. So I will say that I, I, I like the nose on this one as well. It's very uh, inviting kind of tells you what you're going to be getting into with the with the fruit and the blueberry. I, I like that. I like that. So, because we had talked about the taste already, but we hadn't really talked about the nose. So, yeah. I had to throw that in there. I like it. Now, this is, a good, this is another good one. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I like it. I like Thank whenever you. a uh, fruit beer is not absolutely blasted with fruit to the point where it's Same. sludge. Same. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those are tasty, but this is on a, on a hot summer day like this, this is yeah. hitting the yeah. spot. Absolutely. And we did use fresh blueberries. It wasn't like a puree or anything like that, so we actually mashed them with fresh blueberries. So. Nice. Just nice. out of curiosity, do you know how many pounds of blueberries you used? We used, we, it was a five-gallon batch, and I think we only used like three pounds of blueberries. It wasn't a whole, whole lot. I mean, it's a lot, but it's not like... We didn't, we didn't want to overkill it with... with right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you definitely got the flavor we out of it. We were trying to balance the cocoa and the, you know, the, the blueberries mm-hmm. out kind of mm-hmm. from each other, so, which is the hardest thing to do. I mean, you know, right? When you said that you only put three pounds of blueberries in, I was so surprised yeah. because I didn't think you could use that little fruit to get that much flavor yeah. in there, but maybe... I guess I just don't know much about mashing fruit into the brewing process. So, so. We, we didn't either, in all honesty. Like, we, uh, it was just something we tried, and we knew we didn't want to overpower the blueberry flavor mm-hmm. with the chocolate flavor. We were going for chocolate-covered blueberries, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To try and balance it out, but, uh, you know, so we... We just said three pounds sounded pretty good. We were looking online, and there were some different recipes and ratios of people that brew. With, you know, nice. that was the first time we've ever used fruit bro, so. All right, I'm like the more I drink this, I'm just so surprised that it's over seven percent because mm-hmm. I feel like this is going down smooth. It's perfect it for a hot day like today. Like, is I, anyone else feeling that way, or is it? I'm, am I just crazy? I think using the natural sugar from the the fruit plus definitely. Uh, the cocoa wheat itself has a lot of sugar in it with the cereal, mm-hmm. so I think it just pulls itself out. And you know, when you're mashing, when you're yeah. mashing out or whatever, it just pulls so much sugar out. I did. I checked. I checked it like three times because I was like, "This is way too smooth to be like." You know, most seven or eight percenters, or you'll you'll feel it. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's. I was pretty impressed myself. Believe it. <laughs> well, nice work on this one. Agreed. Thank you. Thank Agreed. You. So you had one more that you snuck up on us here. Yes, this is just a regular. This is actually one of the first IPAs that we did. Okay. Um, and 
it's like the third time that we've made it. We're kind of trying to still perfect it a little bit, but right on. It's uh, it's more of like a West Coast hazy style. Um, it's got a little bite to it. If you're not an IPA fan, it's good. What are you laughing at, Kelsey? Yeah. Just your face. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I, uh, Let's talk about. This. I definitely get some of the some of the bitterness, a little bit of sweetness it's, too. It's, it's a nice. bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is what my my partner Dan Moore likes. He's he's more of the bitter uh, style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like West Coast, he loves West Coast IPAs. So we were trying to go for something a little more bite instead of fruitiness, like citrus or you know like. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's how we came up with that, and that's about six percent. So that's a typical. In my my mind, six to seven percent is a typical IPA mm-hmm. nowadays. I would think so. I mean, so that hits at about six percent. All right, I, I could see this. As yeah, a, it's nice. It's balanced bitterness with the some of the right. some of the fruitiness and everything. It's yeah, not like uh, like stabbing your tongue with the right, bitterness. Right. You know, it's thanks. it's balanced. And I thank it's you nice. for that. No, thank you. <laughs> I, like, I like the, the honesty. Here. This, this, this would be a good beer uh, if you're an IPA drinker. This would be a good beer to be drinking while you're standing at the grill. Yeah. Standing oh, at the yeah. grill, flipping some meats, yep. having yourself yeah. a time. Yeah. Got this off to the side. Yeah. You'd, you'd be doing all right. Like, yeah. I want this <laughs> next weekend when I'm hosting our draft party. Yes. And I'm going to be grilling some brats. Yes. Stop by Dorma. We have another, we have another keg of that actually coming off next week. <laughs> It'll be fresh as can be. Maybe. Nice. I Excellent. will. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll do it, too. I've seen it. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah, new week friends. Is, next weekend's yes. Labor Day is a big one. So. Podcast brings new friends <laughs> and new beers. <laughs> So now we get to turn the tables. Jim, you have had the pleasure of trying other people's beers. Now you get the pleasure of having other people try your beers. Uh-oh. You are now on the clock, Jim. Nice. <laughs> so from door top, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? What do we got? What do we got going here? So what we have today is we're calling it One Beer is the name of the beer. Okay. It is a German Pilsner. Yes. And uh, a little bit about us for those who don't know us uh we're from latrobe Mm -hmm. um it's myself and my two buddies kevin and kevin which is really easy to remember Um, jim and the kevins that's right that's right um and this particular uh beer we were just throwing around names you know ideas and whatnot and uh there's that george thurgood song one bourbon one scotch one beer so we said you know this is just a beer drinker's beer so that's what we went with awesome Um, sweet so, yeah, German Pilsner on a hot day. All right. Can't beat that, I feel like. You cannot. Refreshing. Ooh. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah? really good. Yeah. 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 What's, I'm, what's the percent on this? So, uh, it's this one's 5.3%. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm happy with how it turned out because with lagers, it's it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to give them the right right temperature and right time to keep the yeast mm-hmm. happy. Otherwise, you get end up with some off flavors, which I've had in the past. I've had some that have turned out to be diacetyl butter bombs uh, <laughs> yeah been there myself uh, yeah yeah uh, but this one I, I you know we gave it the proper time the proper treatment and it turned out pretty nice um, I'm happy with the hop aroma on it uh, we use traditional German hops uh, Hallertal and uh, Tetanang um, and yeah just just gave it its proper time it's not a true to form if you want to nitpick German uh, Pilsner because we technically used uh, Bohemian Pilsner uh, malt but we won't tell uh, everybody we don't, we don't have to tell everybody no. on, yeah, no. you know, on the podcast or right, anything yeah, like no. that so. no one needs to know yeah that's, so, that's a secret that's a Hop Nation <laughs> USA secret how will they know they're not gonna know <laughs> so uh, 
on the homebrew level, lagering. How are you able to, to perform a good lagering uh, in terms of temperature control and, and time and things like that? What What is your process on a homebrew level Ooh, to be able to do question. that? that's a great question. I'm yeah, not so. just here to look good. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> We're here to learn. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So... Uh, Generally, what you want to do to avoid some of those off flavors I was talking about, um, uh, you want to give it a longer boil uh, to ensure that you're going to get rid of some of those off flavors, but especially the big off flavors come from uh, if the yeast is unhappy. You want to keep the yeast happy, and with lager yeast, you want to keep it at a lower temperature, uh, give it its proper time to, uh, to work. Right. Uh, without stressing it out. Uh, so you need temperature control for your fermentation. Slowly rise it up um, by a few degrees uh, here and there until you uh, bring it up to a warm enough temperature to give a diacetyl rest. Diacetyl is that uh, component that gives you that buttery popcorn flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, like I said, I've ended up with those in the past. And um, so, right. um, I feel like this is kind of the first lager that I've, uh, I guess you could say, kind of nailed for n- not having off flavors, which is, which yes. is nice. but. Uh, yeah, it is really but yeah, that, that temperature control is important. And you yeah. were uh, you were talking about how uh, have, you have uh, glycol for, for your setup. Yes, we have is... a glycol chiller. And what it does is when you put it in your fermenters, like I have four fermenters that I think they're 17 gallons each mm-hmm. can hold up. Our system can do up to 20 gallons at a time. Oh, okay. Wow. You lose so much during the boil and during mm-hmm. the sparging and everything else. It, um, basically, we get about 17, we can do up to 17 gallons. So okay. we have uh, the control tops on each one of them where our glycol chiller can actually control all four at one time. Mm-hmm. So um, if I had, if we, I've never done like a, a German blogger yet, but if I did, we would have the capacity to either raise the temp or lower the temp, whatever we have to do to, to get the right fermentation. Right? Wow. Yeah, so. And I absolutely love that you've been using the word yet again and again. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You had yet. Oh, yeah. Been, well, yeah, because there's more. There's always we're, more. We're, we're constantly online. We got books. We, we're constantly reading new recipes, trying new things. Uh, we're not afraid to jump in feet first, I guess mm-hmm. if you want to say. Um, so we know we're close, like, with the stuff that we're doing. Like, But I still think that there's room for – there's always room for – Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's what's important with this right. stuff. Uh, there was a time where I thought I was really learning a lot with this brewing stuff. Yes. And then uh, whenever I really started diving in, I realized that I know nothing. Exactly. <laughs> the more I learn, the less I – actually believe that I know. Exactly. There's so much to know. <laughs> There's always yeah. that threshold moment. It's just something you have to just keep actively pursuing. Um, yes. It's, it's true. Mm-hmm. We, we thought we'd be able to walk right in and just brew. I mean, the first time we ever <laughs> did it, of course, that's what, you know, they make it look easy, but we're, we're almost a little over a year into it. Every time we get together, it's, it's something else or something mm-hmm. new or, or we're buying something else for the, for the brewery to, to make it easier, better, sure. yeah. whatever, you know, so. So you've only been doing this a little over a year then. So was this like a quarantine COVID yes. project that you took ah. up? Okay. So yes. we, right, me and Dan Moore are like best friends. We've been friends for years. And his job kind of not went under, but once quarantine hit, like he got laid off, I got laid off. We had like three or four months off and he was like, we should be doing something. He was like, I've never had this much time off in my life. And I was like, mm-hmm. what a brew beer? Like, <laughs> like, well, we love to drink. Usually right. Yeah. We just hang out and drink beer. So, uh, and nice. yeah, we just started out and like he said, the more you get into it, the, it becomes almost like an obsession. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. The yep. more, 
we we can't wait for like brew days. We're like brew day, yes. Right. <laughs> Even like when we're when we're uh, pulling it off into the kegs, like oh, we can drink this tomorrow or whatever. You know, it's like yeah, it's exciting. So. So what was the first beer that you ever brewed? On your own, like, what was, was your recipe? It was this IPA right here. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. We're, we're still trying to perfect it and still trying to, so, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Every time we have it, it's a little different. Like I said, we have one coming off this weekend. It's pretty much the same exact beer, mm-hmm. but we, we now, we're cold crashing now. I don't know if anyone knows what that means. Oh, but, yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a little more hazy than now we're cold crashing to get a bunch of the gunk out. Mm-hmm. It, it filters it more down to the bottom of the fermenter we can pull out. We're learning techniques like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're learning how to dry hop now. Like, we've never done that before. This is the first time we dry hopped. So, yeah. There, I mean, there's and yeah, it's there's just a world of brewing that, oh, yeah. you know. Just like Jim said, there's a lot of times where you don't know what you don't know. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny, actually. Uh, the Kevins, plural, and I uh, were talking uh, on the way to the, the fest today, actually, about how we were going to see some familiar faces, but also we had a feeling that there were going to be some brewers out there yeah. who kind of took this up over COVID, and we were mm-hmm. kind of uh, interested to meet some of those people. Here, I'm glad we, uh, there we go. I'm glad we bumped into you today. Good. Yeah, Absolutely. Nice meeting everybody. Heck this, yeah. is, this is a great event for us because, like I said, most of the people that have had our stuff was either friends or family mm-hmm. and of course they're going to tell you what you want to hear right now you have a room of like 20 plus well, discerning palettes exactly. plus that's, other people who have come yeah. that's what i told dan i said we need to start doing stuff like i think we're ready now to you know because we can, like i was telling jim here we can get a brew out in like 10 days mm-hmm. so wow. it's time to yeah. start throwing yourself to the wolves sure why not <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do we got to lose you know yep. for sure so. and that's that's what's so cool about these events is i've met so many really awesome people yeah. networked uh made great uh relationships with yeah. people bounce ideas off of sure. each other i've learned yep. probably more through the relationships that i've met at these beer fests than anything else that yeah. was my biggest thing yeah. i mean uh my I guess it would have been our second beer fest we went to. We got real tight with the guys from Union Brothers. I don't know if... Oh, yeah. The I mm-hmm. think the listening uh, Hob Nation USA is familiar with those guys for oh, yeah. sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. They've, got, they've gotten uh, my money before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're awesome. Um, guy who's here today, Bash Brew. Shout out Bash Brew. Shout out to Bash Brew. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Nice. Um, yeah, so, so many cool people. Um, shout out Bobby Nacho. Shout out Justin Goodfellow. Nice. Uh, a lot of really cool people. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be where I am with the beer without them. So awesome, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and to anybody listening that has thought about getting into home brewing, Kelsey is raising her hand. I'm raising my hand. I've thought about it. And, I've and, brewed once with you guys. Just I, and that's our fault for not bringing you back. Yeah. Well, because what did we, I do wrong? Nothing. 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 Because I just, we I feel get like in. I just watched and helped. <laughs> because we get into one track mind and like, oh, let's brew beer, and then. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you just drink beer. You yeah. Know. No. We listen to music and drink beer. On our <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. Yep. So, uh, uh, thank you guys for coming on the show, uh, sharing your experiences. Is there anything else? Uh, any shout outs? Any social media feeds? Uh, I gave wanna... my shout outs. Let's do it. That... <laughs> oh, Get no, ready. I did. You heard them. That... Oh, okay. Do you, uh, any social media we yeah, should be where following? Where can people find where you? Where can we find you? Oh, yeah. Um, so, we're on social media at uh, Doortop Brewing on uh, Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, we, we haven't really been active at all because uh, leading up to COVID, we were ramping up and it, it kind of looked like we were going to, you know, we were pursuing a few things, looking into possibly opening a brewery and COVID kind of crushed that. So for now, I mean, we're just having fun. Uh, This is a hobby for us and it's the, it's the funnest thing. Um, 
So for now, that's what we're doing. We're chilling. We're brewing beer. We're hanging out with friends. That's what it's all about for us. Well, that's pretty there's much. There's a lot of good opportunity for people like right. yourself, man. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much where we're at too. Since we've only been doing it like a year, like we actually didn't like LLC our name or anything yet. Or, mm-hmm. So we didn't really throw it out there on like Facebook or anything yet, just because like you know we're we're, tr- we're actually looking for a building like a, to try and move into mm-hmm. soon, eventually. Yeah. I mean, maybe not within the next six months but eventually that's that's pretty much our goal is to open a brewery awesome if it's just a small local little do it you know why not right yeah at this point so so it in the future uh are there any future homebrew events that you guys are looking to attend um for the listeners that could come find you uh any anything coming up in the next couple of months actually another homebrew event in Greensburg coming up. Okay. Greensburg Craft Beer Week. Homebrew and chill. Yeah. We will be there. You be there. I will see you there. I think, I think we're going to try and go there as long as all the dates work out right. Do it. Uh, yeah. And what are the dates on those? for September, September 24th, something like that. I'm pulling up my calendar right now. All it's right. on a Sunday. It's on a Sunday, yeah. Homebrew and chill, Sunday, September 19th. Be there or be square. 2 to 6 p.m. Okay, great. Be there or be square. Love it. Listeners, I'm sure, can use their favorite search engine. Yeah, it's it's going to be at All Saints in Greensburg. Um, There's a lot of cool people there. It's always a good time. Awesome. Well, it sounds like we're going to have two cool homebrewers there. So yes, absolutely. get your tickets now for that next event. Awesome. Yes. So, uh, guys, thank you for coming on the yes, show. Thank I you greatly so much. appreciate thank it. Thank you, guys. Having us. I, appreciate I appreciate it. it. Uh, yeah. Turns out, y'all make some good beer. You guys make some delicious beer. Who so. would have thought? Thank so. you. Nice work. So. so, thank you again, and we will be right back. Hey everyone, my name is Drew and I host a podcast called Dudes with Brews on a Porch where we let the drinks flow and the conversations go. Each and every week, me and a friend of mine, we sit down, we try a different craft brew, usually from the state of Wisconsin, and we just sit down and have a conversation. We talk about all aspects of life. Once a month, we talk about paranormal stuff and we always have a good time. You can find our show, Dudes with Brews on a Porch, on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you find your podcast. Grab a cold one and hang out with us each and every week right here on the porch. It's so episode 217 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're still live at the Sirius Riders Pavilion at the North Hills Homebrew Fest. And we have two more homebrewers joining the show. But on top of that, we also have guest host Katie. What up, Trix? <laughs> Katie is hungover and sassy. Um, I'm coming down. I took like some B vitamins and stuff, and I've had some food and some water, so I'm good. I'm functioning. Okay, that's great. Glad to have you here. We have some hair of the dog for you anyway. I did. I had some. Yeah. We have some more too. Yay. Because we have two homebrewers and we have their beers. So uh, whoever wants to go first, feel free to introduce yourself, your brewery name, and you know what your beer is. Uh, yeah, I'm Tom, uh, 60 South Homebrewing, uh, and the beer I brought in is Tiki Modern. It's a pale ale hopped with Citra and Sabro hops. Nice. Nice. Uh, my name is Jesse at uh, Apostate Brewing. The beer that I brought over is a Schwartz beer, which is a black lager with uh, Munich and uh, Pilsner malt with uh, Hallertar Mittelfruhr and the Tettenanger hops. Nice. 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 So uh, I actually kind of want to start with a Schwartz beer because I've, I've already had it. So I, and I want to remark on it because it was similar to the beer we had very last episode from Weeping Radish. There was also a Schwartz beer. There was their Black Radish. Yeah. Uh, you have achieved basically the, the, the same thing at a homebrew level, which is really impressive. It's a super clean drinking beer. You get the clean lager crispness through it, but you also get a little bit of that roast. Mm-hmm. 
sip. Yeah, it was uh, it was something I brewed once before that turned out well, and I think probably. You know, trying to, to bring that, that roastedness down a little bit this time. And uh, I'm ecstatic on how it turned out. It, it was, um, it's a fairly simple beer at the base. It's not like a, a stout or a porter with, and, you know, it is in appearance, but it's actually a fairly simple beer. Right on. And then, Tommy, uh, we have this uh, Sabro. I, I actually don't think I've ever had a Sabro hop beer yet. So I'm going to try this one. I really couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had many of them. Uh, this one I got from Yakima Valley. Uh, great hop. The the Sabo really carries through on it and brings out like a like a super pineapple and coconut type flavor and aroma. And I just I I freaking love this beer, man. It's so good. Was that your motivation that you haven't seen a lot of them, so you felt like inspired to create it? Uh, no, it was I had Sabo hops and I had to figure out how to use Sabo hops. Right on. Uh, yeah, Yakima Valley okay. does this great hop box subscription. They yeah. send you eight random hops once every quarter. Oh. So I was like, all right, they sent me Citroen Sabro. I got to figure out how to use Citroen Sabro. Okay. And they combine beautifully, I think. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's a great beer. It's like a home version of Chopped. They send you mystery ingredients and you got to go with that, it. Well, yeah. That's what it is. And like, yeah. that's the fun of it. That's the challenge is like, let me take these things I've never used before and figure out how to make it work in beer. Yeah. That's how I feel with my CSA. I'm like, okay, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with beets and corn, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, though, that you're absolutely right. It, like, on the back end of this beer, it is a lot of pineapple and coconut flavor. I'm super surprised by that. There is, uh, I don't know, Sabro has been a polarizing hop from everything I've read. Not everybody gets into it. Yeah. But also, coconut is a polarizing flavor. I am so. typically an anti-coconut human, but this actually is not overwhelming it's, for me. And I think it's mostly because it's achieved not through actual coconut. Yeah. Because coconut, especially in beers, I think carries through a lot. Like, if you usually if there's coconut, you know there's coconut there. But this is just, it's all hop-derived, and I think it, it expresses itself beautifully. Which, which yeah. of the hops does bring that coconut out? It's the Sabro. I, I've been able to pull a lot of different flavors out of some hops. I've not tried that one, though. I might have to throw that into the mix here. Yeah, the, the Sabro itself just brings a lot of that tropical yeah. and coconut flavor. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a relatively new hop, too, because I think it was, like, 2018 that it first kind of came out. As like with a name. Was it? Is it got like a parent hop? Is it? Uh... Not that. Not that I really know of. I'm sure it has some sort of parent strain, but I don't know that much about hops. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I have no idea. Yeah. The fir the first I heard about it being used, it was used in a blend for a Pink Boot Society beer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the first I heard of it, and I heard that it had coconut notes. But I, honestly, it's fucking three years later, I still haven't. It's just now that I'm getting a beer that actually features it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, good job with that. Thank yeah. you. It's a great beer. Yeah. Very great beer. Yeah, great beer from Tommy and great beer from Posset. Uh, so, you guys are both new to home. Uh, you guys are both new to the competition scene. Uh, Tommy, we're talking like, you know, this is your second competition and, you know, you've only done one. Yep. So, uh, can you tell us, like, kind of the things you've experienced so far being at. You know, uh, being this is one of the first kind of beer homebrew competitions. Uh, what have you learned? Uh, what have you met from people? Have you gotten good feedback so far? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll start. Uh, biggest thing I've learned so far today, at least, is have a nice display so people want to come see your beers. Also, bigger font on your beer list because people really can't read. Uh, not just when they're sober, but also when they're drunk. It makes it very difficult. Uh, those are the yeah. biggest things so far to me, is at least presentation. Uh, it really matters here. Even as someone who's just a homebrewer, like, I, I like my beers, and I like drinking my beers, but other people, they don't know me, they don't know who I am. So 
you got to kind of present yourself as almost a brand or a brewery over here. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I just, especially today, I've really picked up on. Yeah. 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 And as far as the beer goes, like, I brew the stuff I like. That's not necessarily <laughs> a competition or a festival beer, but sometimes, you know, people just, they pick it up and they like it. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree. The, uh... The one thing, you know, coming to this competition, I did it as, as a way just to have some fun. And last minute, it was like, well, are you going to have any signs or anything like that? I'm like, I didn't even know. I had to come up with names for these things that I just Googled while I had on my lunch break. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, some of them, are, some of them are, you know, come out and try to be funny. But it, for the most part, it's just beers that I like and um, the display element. The next time I do it, I will certainly do that because I agree. We've, I've had so many questions. What's a Schwartz beer? People have passed it up because they don't they don't know how to pronounce it. They can't yeah. read it, and you know, trying to explain it in a way that it makes it appealing mm-hmm. does has drawn some people. As I've explained it to them, they says, "Okay, I want to try it," and then says, "Oh, it's very good." But they were scared of the dark beers because a lot of people just don't like dark beers. Yeah, right. it, it's not Schwartz beer. I brought a Keller beer today. Like no one knows what those are. Like, no <laughs> right, really, right. Like. I've done yeah. years and years of reading and like looking at. I want to try your stuff. Keller beer. I want to try one. It's great. I personally have just spent a shit ton of time in Germany, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's all me too. I, like, I kind of know that stuff, yeah. but it's like I've read about it so long. But like other people, just they know IPA, they know sour, they know like kind of the, mm-hmm. the bare yeah. bones of craft beer. You get really into the weeds on it, like we do. You know, people just—they just don't know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. made I made an Eisbach this past year. Ooh, out of oh. a Doppelbach. And I haven't tried it yet, but uh, it came out like syrup at the end. Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. It should be about 16 or 17%, I think. So I hold out foot. for December. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, there, there, there's more homebrew competitions coming, so yeah, yeah there you go. Um, but yeah, something to what you guys are speaking to is uh, at this event, one, the people who are coming to this event are uh, kind of layman in a way. They, they, they know that they like beer. But they don't know the specifics into like these deep German styles or you know specific hops or anything like that. And the other thing is, you know, you're, I guess you guys are learning that to put, you know, some signage, some description. You know, you see a lot of the old homebrewers here who've been doing it a while. They have deep descriptions about their beers. They have all kinds of signage. They got banners. They know well, they got the all this. Next to me, Wrenchworks. He's yeah. got like a full like motorcycle setup. Oh yeah, his welding car. It's the coolest tap setup I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Tom. But t- Tom's just like it's awesome. Yeah, Tom fucking rules, and he's a longtime friend of the show. Oh, is that Tom? Yeah, yeah. Tom oh, okay. does Wrenchworks, and Tom who always wins everything. Yeah. So we <laughs> win this year. <laughs> we have a we have a little homebrew tasting club, and he's won it a number of years in a row. Yeah. But um, he. Uh, yeah, he also does like a lot of hot rod stuff. So like he welded all that together. So he knows what he's doing. That's really badass, though. I didn't know he does that too. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, he, he's rebuilding the hot rod. So good for him. But yeah, no, I saw a photo of that the other day on Facebook or something. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to check it out because it looked like there was all these little contraptions. I don't know if they're just you know just for for looks or they're functional. Mm-hmm. I saw it earlier. I says I have to get over and check it out just to, right. just to see what it looks like. Yeah. So so now you guys are learning to find the thing to bring other people in where uh, I can look right across the table and I can see Glenshaw Brewing you know all the way on the other side of the building yeah. and they have like a full table of like old German style with like hops all over the table and they have steins for sale oh. so yeah they have, they have a lot going on everybody has their thing so you, you just find your niche you our thing is we have thing. a podcast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well that's like uh, we were talking to the door top guys and yeah. he was like standing there reading the sign that we have on the front of our tap list and it's like descriptions of the beer and it's like I, I put a lot of thought into it and like trying to make it all nice and then everyone's just like 
<laughs> walking up and squinting at it and like trying to read it. And he was like, you got to do it more like us. We got the chalkboard down there. I was like, yeah, I can read your tap list from here. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. presentation matters a lot at something right. like yeah. that. But it, the it other helps. thing is too many people are crowding up towards the table or if you're already pouring for somebody and I'm standing six feet behind them, I want to be able to see what you have from that six feet back. Right. So like that's, like yeah. you don't yeah. always want to wait. Yeah. Mean, not that it's a huge festival or competition or anything, but it's like, you always yeah. go a table down. Yeah. Get a beer now. Yeah. You just won't come back to me. I, I've never even been to one as a spectator. So this is my first on both accounts. I wasn't even sure what to oh, expect. Oh, wow. I didn't really? know how large it was going to be. But like you said, first time you get the sense of it. Next time it'll be a little bit more prepared. Right on. Okay. So you wait, you've not been to a beer festival or not to a homebrew? Not brew? a homebrew one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The beer festivals are usually the larger scale ones. And, yeah. But they're already, they got marketing departments anyway. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. How long, actually, have you, I mean, obviously new to the competition, but how long have you guys actually been brewing? I've been brewing for about six years now. Right on. I'm trying to think. About that, 2014-ish. Wow. Cool. Yeah, I started with, I started with ciders because I, I know a guy who has an orchard, and he gave me just a ton of cider, and I was interested in it, but then it was like, okay, this is just too much fun. I'm going to take off, and then quickly did the extracts and everything, like how most people get into, and then. Yeah. You can't stop after that. Yeah, that's how it goes for a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> and then you wind up building some motorcycle rig as a tap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then you get into triple decoctions, and it's all downhill from there. I want to try yeah. that. It's the longest brew day of your life, <laughs> but it's great. Yeah. So uh, you're you're speaking of triple decoction, and but what kind of brew setups do you guys have currently? Like, are you on all electric? Are you on turkey burners? What are you guys doing for brewing? Um, I'm on the gravity, the, the cooler gravity fed system with, uh, uh, you know, a little upgrades here and there. I did like a uh, upgrade on my burner. So it's like a 200,000, you know, BTU burner, which makes life a lot easier. But for the most part, it's just a simple gravity system right now um, because I can do it and it's cheap and it works out. But, the, you know, seeing all of the other systems they have with all the pump fed and there's a there's a wish list growing. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Right now, it's a uh, kind of a custom setup with a Bayou Classic kettle, uh, 10 gallon brew in a bag, all electric, uh, 240 volt setup. Um, but yeah, I, I mostly brew in a bag, and then when I get want to get real fancy with it, I'll pull out a smaller induction kettle and do decoction type stuff. Right on. The, uh, how many beers have you decocted? At least half a dozen. Yeah. Uh, that was pat within the past year. I think the first one I did was probably just a, a single decoction Pilsner. Mm -hmm. And then I've stepped it up. Uh, triple decocted uh, Czech Pils, triple decoction, Doppelbach, and kind of stuff like that. Uh, what I brought today was a double decoction, and that turned out real nice. I, I ain't I'm got that yet. I'm over. Yeah. Because every, every, everything I've read, Solid. you know, before I go and spend my entire, you know, weekend doing a decoction mash, it's... Some people say, oh, no, everything's so modified now that it doesn't work. Other people say you still have to do it because it, it gives a lot of flavor, and I've not done it because I just don't want to spend the time, and I can use, like, a melatonin uh, malt and still get a decent body out of it. But You can get around it with malt, but for my, like, 
from my experience, like there's nothing like a triple decocted beer. Yeah. And I, a lot of the Pilsner malt I use is the uh, the Weirman Barque Pils, which is like the the traditional like unmodified malt. Yeah. So like you really pick up a lot more from doing those decoctions with that kind of malt. Nice. Yeah, that's I, I've never actually talked to somebody who's actually done it, and I've been curious as hell to, to try it. Yeah, it's, but. There, it, it makes a great beer. Yeah, it, it might just hope might be confirmation bias because I'm like I spent eight <laughs> hours doing this. Like it better <laughs> fucking better be worth it. it. <laughs> but at the same time, like end result, always happy with yeah. it. Yeah, it's amazing how you can talk yourself into being the best beer, regardless, because we put a lot of work into it, and they do. Even bad beers can can be still be good beers, but I mean I I trust your opinion that uh, it's pretty good. And I wanna I wanna taste the one yeah, of those triple no, decoction ones. I got plenty left. Come yeah. over. So okay, one question we always love is uh, what are you guys' homebrew worst nightmares? Like what is your worst experience? I mean I've not run into any bacterial or infected brews yet, but something like that where you go through and you test it after like seven or ten days. And then it just is skunked. I've not run into it, but that's probably my biggest fear. I can I can fix most anything before they before the fermentation. Yeah. But like a bacterial thing. Yeah, I've also well, I had one Brett infection, but it was on a barley wine. It actually turned out fantastic, so I'm not going to complain about that one. My <laughs> biggest thing is always brew day problems, where yeah. as of late, my pump has seized up several times, and Ooh. it's just like it's killed me at like the tail end of brewing, where it's like I'm trying to whirlpool, I'm trying to do whirlpool hops, and I don't have a fucking whirlpool to hop at. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there stirring at it like a maniac, and like I was like, did I sanitize this? No, I didn't sanitize. Whatever, it, it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> it's gotta go. But it's always like the the one equipment failure where it's like ah yeah. fucking god damn it like, this is just it's it's ruined your day even though it makes like minimal impact to the beer but that's always my nightmare is like just something going wrong and it just doesn't work anymore right on i guess that's the benefit of the minimal minimalistic approach where it's still the gravity without the pumps which i envy the setup but at the same time it's like if i gotta pour something in i'm pour something in you know yeah. at the end of the day yeah so. awesome well, hey, both of you guys brewed some really good beer this weekend. Uh, we enjoyed it thoroughly. And it's, it's interesting because you guys are both working in those older classic styles where a lot of the time in the past we've just seen IPA after IPA yeah. and a lot of fruited, goofy shit. <laughs> a lot of fruited, goofy shit. Yeah. A lot of fruit. I feel like the classic styles are going to make a comeback, though. We're going to go full circle, and people are just like, I always joke around and say, like, I love beer-flavored beer. That's and a lot of people don't know what I mean when I say that. but like, beer I brew. It's like, I just want to taste like a freaking beer. I just yeah. like beer-flavored beer. Yeah. And there's a so, lot of styles out there like that. that, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you guys are both doing it pretty well. And uh, best of luck to you in the future. We hope to see you in more competitions and at back at this one. But uh, just right now, if you guys want to take the time to promote your social media where everybody can find you, if you have any other events that you know you're going to be at in the future, go on. Now's your time. I said I'm, I'm kind of the introvert type where I really don't have much social media or uh, anything to that effect, but uh, I'm just glad you guys like my beer. Are you right doing on. any other uh, competitions or anything where people can look for you? Uh, I definitely do more competition. Just, you, I you're just excited for your next one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit more planning, more more signage, more things decoration. like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some music, some lights, some strobe lights or something. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. There you go. Hey, it'll make you stand out. So. Yeah. <laughs> And Tommy, go on ahead. Yeah, I'm uh, on Instagram, at 60 South Brewing. Uh, it's where I post basically everything. We have a little web shop, too, now, if you want to pick up a T-shirt. I've got my own custom tie-dyed one right now. Um, competitions, right. I'm going to be at Oakmont Yacht Club homebrew competition in October. There you go. If I pick up anything else along the way, 
I'll, you know, I'll post about it. So, okay. yeah. Right on. Cool. And if you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA. It'll get your Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever. We're on all of them. If you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a sex homebrew show, but they only let us judge five. And that's a bigger crime than me having to compete with other people. I know who won now, (laughs) and I've lost. I thought I picked a safe category of smoked beers, and there were two other smoked beers, and of course I lost to better brewers. Congratulations to Adam Bashline. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've been drinking his beer since I got here. I know. Traitor. (laughs) In fairness, yours is really smoky, and I feel like his wasn't smoky at all. His was, his was poblano and that's my favorite pepper. Yes, his was peppery and it was very good. But so. Yes, with that, uh, thanks again to all our guests who have been on the show today. Yeah, thanks, thanks, you guys. thanks to Katie for coming out and helping us pour beers and also be on the show. Thanks to Kelsey for doing that as well. Thanks for Adam because he bought some ice. That was cool. <laughs> I brought ice. You brought ice too, but Adam texted me and told me to bring ice. Yeah, but Adam bought the first bag. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we uh, will be back next week with something new, and we look forward to having you back with us. So, goodbye. Bye-bye.